Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay, sounds good. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is me and today is Friday, July 10th. I am here with Ray Yerusha, who is the... Uh, CEO and founder of Pull the Trigger Enterprises and Vertex Capital Group. Hey, Ray. Hey, Denise. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's funny because you had somebody a few weeks ago who just, it was like, I think it was a broker or something who kind of tried to run away with things and made life yep. difficult. Yep, we had a couple of instances like that lately. And um, one of the things I realized is that I need to be direct with the source. Uh, we have to buy it ourselves instead of working through a third party that can supply it um, and then sell it and close on it. But we have to actually buy it. Right. So, um, this this week we've been working. Uh, we raised money and we also found sources that we're working directly with. And uh, I, my team is probably getting a little frustrated with me because I'm, I'm spending a lot of money here, but we have to do that to be able to control and manage our destiny a little bit. Got to spend money to make money. Yeah, so we're, uh, we got the buyers, we did a real good job of doing that, now we got to sell it and close them off. Right, right. So it's very so exciting, in, I mean, it's, it's good news, bad news. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting, I'm going to be... Um, uh, as your book is wrapping up, I'm going to start working on a book for a guy on entrepreneurship. And oh, nice. he, he is the CEO of a Houston-based company that sells bailing wire. It's a $120 million a year company, you know. And he said one of the things he said that took me a long time to figure out, you know, and he's like second generation. His dad started the business. But he said one of the things that took me a long time to figure out is how to have really good relationships with vendors, you know, and find yeah. the ones that you can trust, you know. So, anyway. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah, um, yeah. And you have to bet through a lot of people or do business with a lot of people to get to those two or three that you really want to work with. And, yeah, uh, right. And it takes time. And if you look at what we do, we're... We are pure wholesalers. So right. In the truest sense of trying to flip inventory every 14 days, that's our goal. That's our model. Wow. It's challenging. Yeah, it so is. I think, we, I think we can do it. Okay. Well, if there's a way to do it, you're the one who will figure it out. Trial and error. Trial and yeah. error. Okay. Trial and terror. Yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to send you the chapter on notes yesterday, but I just there were, I just was in this like I just got to sleep on this. So anyway, I sent it to you this morning. I think it was about um, seven ish this morning, so it'll be about ten ish. So you'll see it in your inbox if you've been running around so far this morning. 
you know. Um, the other thing is, is when I re-listen to the audio, um, I'm sitting out on my porch and there's a plane flying overhead. Anyway, okay. when I when I um, re-listen to the audio on notes, you know, we were talking briefly about the chapter on um, before that. And, you know, where I kind of profiled this woman who was a CPA and all this stuff. And you yeah. said some really yeah. nice things about women in business. And I thought, you know what, I've got to put those into that chapter. So anyway, this afternoon I've got some time to uh, kind of work that in. And it'll just be a couple of paragraphs, you know. But it's just, it's very nice and kind of complimentary and, and shows, I really think, sort of some depth of insight on your part, you know. So... Anyway, I'll be resending you that chapter. So. Okay, sounds good. Okay? All right, and today's conversation is about probate. Yes. So you ready to rock and roll on that? I am. Okay, good, good. So, you know, when I think of probate, I think of, you know, somebody passes away, they didn't have a will, and so their property goes into probate. Yes. Okay. Although all, all all property will go through probate, even if you have a will. Really? Yes. Um, one of the reasons is that even a will could be challenged. Well, yeah, that's so, true. That's true. So if I have a will and I say I leave you these everything, somebody may say, "Well, hold on for a second. You know, in his right state of mind, maybe he's done that, or if he did do it." Uh, I'm next in line. I should have got it. Right. And that could be challenged. So uh, that's why wills and estates aren't settled right away. And um, I'm trying to understand that. So, but if a will, but if a will is not challenged, you know, in other words, like let's say the only person to possibly get it is, you know, the the spouse of 40 years or something, you know. Right. Um, then it doesn't go through probate, does it? It can because if they have children, the children can challenge that. Well, yeah, but I'm saying if it goes if it goes unchallenged, it doesn't go through probate. Unchallenged, right? Right. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. So, what major topics around probate that we want to cover today? I think uh, when it comes to real estate, it is a discipline that our people are working. Because it is a great avenue of distressed property, and typically, if a if you have a mother and a father live in a house, father passed away, then the mother passed away, the house is left into an estate that either goes to the children, and most of the times at that age, the children already have their own homes. So for them, if there's three siblings, their their natural cause and process is to get rid of it and sell it. And you have to go to the probate courts to get access to it. You got to work with their state attorney to actually make an offer and to find out who's interested and not interested. And typically, one sibling out of three, or one sibling out of five, or between two siblings, one needs the money, the other one doesn't. One. one go ahead. Can you go back and repeat that last sentence? that no matter how many siblings there are, one needs the money and the rest don't. Oh, I see. Okay. So from an offer standpoint, 
Um, it stays worth a hundred thousand, and somebody wants to offer fifty, but it's straight clear. One of the siblings will say, "Yeah, I'll take it." Another sibling said, "Well, if I get extra twenty grand, that's an extra ten grand in my pocket." So they're going to fight for more. Right. And that's where the attorneys come in. That's where the courts come in. There is a probate clerk in every court system for a state. And there are times where they have to step in because they have, they have the responsibility to liquidate that property. It's trying to get to them. Uh, we had a guy here in Illinois, I think it's almost out of all probate. He died about 10 years ago. He had something like uh, half a billion dollars in real estate. And his son was an attorney, and they've been spending all this time trying to break it apart and what he really has. But there's a lot of choice properties in there. They had to be sold. Right. So, probate, in terms of the um, opportunities for real estate investors, has to do with buying these homes where, you know, somebody has passed away, it's passed on to the kids or the spouse or whatever, and now they want to get rid of it so they can liquidate it and have the cash. Correct. And it's a great source of property that a lot of people don't pursue because it takes time. It takes understanding and patience, and I'm waiting for that property to come out, or properties. Right. So it's got to come through the other end of the whole probate process before it's really Correct. available for sale. Correct. And sometimes it, just, it can be uh, sped up a little bit if you get with the state attorney, show them what you have, show them what your interest, and they will put you in contact with the uh, executor of the estate. Mm-hmm. Now, the executors in most cases have a, a vital word, but when there's siblings involved, you never know the dynamics. They may say, right. yep, the oldest person in the family gets to talk, cut the deal, or sometimes it's the youngest person in the family, and the older ones don't understand why. There's still that problem of sibling rivalry. Right. But, but for the most case, as a real estate investor, it's a great source of property. And the nice thing about it, all this information is public. There are websites just for probate cases, and you can look up by case number, by who's got real estate, who doesn't have real estate, who's got personal property, who's got cars, who's got jewelry. There's a lot of different things you can do with probate. But real estate, nine out of ten times are free clear properties, and most of the times, siblings uh, don't want it. They just want to sell it liquidated, put money in their pocket, and buy. And, and move on with life, you know? Yes. Yep. Right. Because, again, if it's a family home, most of them don't want the memories. Some people, someone can't even step into the home. The memories. So, really so, so there's yeah. a lot of emotional attachments or emotional feelings. And you have to have empathy as an investor when you're investing with that. So are you approaching them, um, um, like let's say you find, you're saying these things are a matter of public record, which makes total sense. Let's say you're finding things on a website or you're finding something, you know, in a newspaper or something like that. And when you find it there, is it towards the end of the probate process, announcing a court date, or what would they be looking at there? Um. The best time to approach them is in 
beginning of it. So it's just like foreclosures. There are new filings every single day. So probate's no different. You know, people pass away every single day, and it may take them 30, 60 days to get into the court system, but once it hits that court system, it's publicized. It basically reads as though a foreclosure of public notice. Probate's also a public notice. Right. Right. Basically, it's just like you know, when you start a when you start a business, you have to do a public yeah. notice. You know. Yep. So once that first notice hits, so if you're working probate, you're tracking all these new announcements in your given area. When a new one hits, you're gonna do the research. Is there any real estate there? If there is, what type of real estate? Is it multiple pieces? One piece? And then what's gonna be available? Then you know how to then you just an attorney name and list the siblings that are in the of the state. So you have all the information at your fingertips. But you got to do right. You got to be comfortable with approaching somebody that just lost a relative. Right. So what do you think is the best timing? You know, um, it's like patience meets urgency, right? Um, yep. What do you think is the best timing to approach? a person or are you approaching the attorney or um or does it vary from family to family or you know what are your thoughts on that i think the best approach is the attorney and also the the, per, the probate clerk because again they're not emotionally attached and then they will direct you to the executor okay that which often not, might be one of the kids Correct. Right. Yeah. Or the closest their living relative, it may be one of their own siblings. Right. Right. I know. Like you know, as you're as you're saying all of this, it's like um, my mom uh, is still alive. My dad passed away about five years ago. You know, and my brother's the executor. Yet my mom has my sister has power of attorney in terms of all the medical decisions going on for my mom, you know. I mean, it's, you know, so anyway. My hope is when mom goes, you know, she has Alzheimer's and dementia, but my hope is when she goes, there's no squabbling or anything. We're able to just sort it out and, you know. So anyway. Um, That's a tough call. What's that? That's a tough call. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, okay, all right, good. So you you know you might approach this say um, probate attorney, and you say, gee, you know, I saw this notice on this website for this probate case and everything, and you're listed as the attorney. Um, I'd like to get in line to buy the property once everything clears through, or you know. Yeah, how does that? Just, um... Yeah, part of it would be that if they're also responsible for liquidating the, the estate, um, they may either say, I can do that, or we got to get the executor of the estate involved. And then you say, can you do me a favor and introduce me, or what's your protocol? How do you want to manage this? Right. And they may right. say, well, here's your contact name. I'll let them know you're going to call them. Okay. I would think it would be a relief to the family members to know that, there's a buyer like ready and waiting when everything goes yes. through the pipe, you know. Yep. Right. Now it's just so, trying to come to terms to make it offer as reasonable. Right. 
So, you know, and I would imagine if they have an emotional attachment to the house, because it was mom and dad's house for all these years, they might think it's worth more than it's worth. Always. Always. You know, because they had Christmas dinners there and Thanksgiving and, you know, right? Yep. And that's the that's challenging part because you have to make an offer that's reasonable. If it's worth 100 I can offer 10 That's ridiculous. But if it's something reasonable, you can get their attention. At least you start a conversation. Right. If you can do that successfully, then uh, you'll be able to uh, negotiate something. And the thing of it is, with all these vehicles, each one is its own profession. There are people that just work in probate. There's people that just work in tax liens. People just work in notes. And that's what they do full-time. Become the experts in that particular lane. And probate to come real good at it. It's like anything, you got to stay on top of it. You can't start it and not have uh, patience, and then you walk away from it. So you kinda, you're kind of constantly priming the pump. All the time. All, All the, the time. time. All the time. Have you done a fair amount of probate? I did in the uh, beginning. Uh, we, we did probate. Uh, one of our pillars was probate. We got top of the court systems and top of properties, uh, making offers, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was lucrative for us. We enjoy, I enjoyed it. Uh, right. Not so much because of the, the, the surrounding circumstances, but as much as I always believe we can help somebody no matter what the situation is. And sometimes investors look like vultures, which they are not. And if you can help them and relieve them with whatever pain is, and relieve them with every emotion and then moving forward, um, I think you're helping. You have to have empathy and understanding what they're going through. Right. And uh, unfortunately, in my lifetime, I've you know, lost uh, my parents have both gone, lost a sure, brother, sure. close friends. So you understand what they're going through to a degree, except that you're not in the middle of it anymore. You're on the outside looking in. So you've got to have your business hat on, but you kind of have to have your psychologist hat on a little bit too. Yeah, you should do all the time. Right. Nothing's for, we can't take it for granted. Right, right. How do you... You know, I mean, if if you say that often the perception of an investor is that, you know, oh, the, that person's just being a vulture, right? How do you um, convince them through your great people skills and communication skills and empathy and all that that that's not true? I think it's, uh, for me, it's always been listening. Okay. Because they're going to share with you their pain. And just be, listen, acknowledge, support, and tell them that you're not the ultimate answer, but you're an answer. And that you want to work with them. I think that's really the ultimate gift we can give almost any person is to be a good listener, you know, yep. and really, really empathize with them. So, and, you know, that's true not just with probate, but everything you've been telling me about people who are, like, going through foreclosure or you buy the note or whatever, 
you know, is is being empathetic and kind and understanding, you know, but still having your business hat on at the same time. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have an ultimate goal. That's a security of property, but you can't do it in a way that, that makes them feel like you stole something. I mean, it's got to be fair. Right. Right. A lot of investors forget that. I would think when you walk into some of these houses, you know, like, I mean, the the 80-year-old, 80-something-year-old mom, you know, finally passed away for whatever reason, and, you know, the carpet is 25 years old, and, the, you know, the wallpaper is, like, from the 1960s, and, you know, right? And and she thought it was beautiful, you know, right? And and her kids said, well, this is the the house we grew up in, you know. But, you know, I I would think somehow you have to kind of gently point these things out that this place is going to need to be renovated and updated. Yeah, and the last thing you want to tell them is that you've got to cut the whole place. Oh really? They don't. They don't, they don't want to <laughs> oh, hear that. This is a gut job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Because you know mm-hmm. every dent, every nick has a story. Right. And, uh, and it's no different than walking into a foreclosed property. Out uh, there, it's a different feeling because more of fear than it is uh, loss. But it could be the fear of loss when you lose their home. Uh, there's a story there. And you got to listen to it. And you got to understand it. And at the end of the day, you have to walk away because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You just have to have enough going to be uh, able to do that. Right. I just heard a little ding there in the background. Um, Are you going to uh, a toll bridge or anything? <laughs> Uh, I did that already. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Actually, what's happening is that um, uh, my wife's nephew's getting married up in the northern part of Wisconsin, so we're heading up there right now. Oh, okay. So you're to take a week off, and I'm like, that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, yeah. So you're on the open freeway right now. Well, I am. It's a beautiful day. Okay. Good, good. You're not navigating city traffic or anything, so okay. not at all. It's empty okay. right now. Good, good. Hi to your wife. <laughs> hi. Hi. Back. Anyway, <laughs> hi back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And um, tell me about like how long has it been since you've done a probate deal? Oh, well, it's been about eight years. Okay. All right. Tell me about that most recent probate deal that you did. Like, how did you find it, and what you know? What was the reaction well, by the family or attorney? I've been doing a lot of them. We had I had a guy by the name of Joe. He um, took ownership of it, so we okay. went through all the mechanics. So what he was doing was went through all the court records and look at the real estate, who's got what, why, look at the values first. And then we said, okay, here's every day, we said, here's one or two we need to pursue. So what he would do then is give it to me, and I'd make the phone call and set the appointment up. Um, and the last one we did, it's been quite some time, it was a, uh, a sibling, five siblings. 
It was a what? They argued because one wanted one needed one more money than the other. Okay. The others wanted to go. All their emotions were wrapped up, and like, you know, we lost our parents a couple months ago. We got to get rid of this. One's like, I need the money, and uh, I'm not quite sure what they want to do, but I need more than what you're you're offering. So, the way I approached it, I said, I got them all in a room. I said, I got to do volume. Because at the end of the day, it's going to take all five of you guys, and girls and boys, here to, to agree. And they're, they're, they weren't young. They are like in their 40s and, and mid-50s. Okay. So, we sat down, and um, they knew why I was there, and we started just talking. I'm talking about their parents. Talk talking about the property. Talk talking about who needs what and why. And what I said at that time, I said, I can't satisfy every one of your wishes. I said, my goal here tonight is to see what's the best avenue that we can come up with to satisfy part of your wishes. And okay, so you so you hit them with, you were, you were understanding and you were kind, but you also hit them with the realism. Those items I can hit, but you may not like my price, and here's why. We went back and forth. Again, the person wanted more money said, I need more money because of this. And I understood that. I said, I cannot always give you the highest dollar because here's where I'm at. I do have costs. I do have expenses. I do have repair costs. And I know you may not think so, but the house does need some work, and, but I'm willing to take that on and face whatever I face once I start feeling back down you. I have my offer ready. I need their signature on it, and I left it with them. I didn't take it that night. So I said, I want you guys to think about it. And then within a, about, I think it was about a week, and I didn't follow up. I don't, I'm not a, I don't pester people. they got to make their own decision. It's good for them. Right. Follow it up, but I said, you know, follow it up and see how your family thinks that it's exactly the state. They go, can we get an extra five grand out of this? I said, sure. As long as you guys decide tonight. And they did. And then we closed, uh, we were paying cash, we closed in 10 days. And they were happy. Okay. All right. And then they were so that's happy. The, that's the path that we went down and uh, was successful. Right. So now you've got this house, you know, and how much did, do you recall how much you ended up paying for it? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Ray? 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 I think I lost her. Ray, can you hear me? Ray, I'm here. Uh, that was really good, too. Hello? Yes, Ray. Please? Yes. Please? Yes, I'm here. I am. 
Ray. No, I'm here.
Denise? Yeah. Hey, Denise. I'm here. There we go. I, yeah, you must have gone through a bad cell phone zone or something like that. Yeah, I was talking, and I wasn't sure if you heard me or not. And yeah, I caught everything, recorded. and one time you said, darn it, that was a good one. So anyway, where we over here. Okay. Where we were at, I'm going to go inside. Normally, these guys that blow the leaves around, they do it on Wednesday. But <laughs> they're they're doing it today. And between that and the sounds of the road and everything else. Okay. That's all going to pull over, too, and take a little break here. So we'll... Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're having a cold snap today. It's only going up to 94, so... <laughs> Cold snap. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd sit on the porch and enjoy the forest for a change, you know? Oh, my anyway, God. 94. I'm, I'm hiding in 94. Well, that's you have a lot more humidity. It's a dry heat, remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the question I started asking you, um, you, you know, you were just kind of finishing up that story of, you know, how you ended up negotiating with them and buying that property is – how much did you buy it for? What did you put into it? And what did you end up selling it? And what was your time frame from that point forward? Yeah, we went up sell, buying it for 75000 At that point in time, it was worth about uh, just about 180 uh, to um, 200000 mm-hmm. And um, we needed about twenty five grand to put into it. So mm-hmm. uh, with that in mind... Um, it took us from end to end. From the time we came in contact to the time we closed and got the house revamped, um, it took us about three months. Okay. And and what did you list it for? Oh, we went up listed for two ten. Okay. And I went a little why, higher just for on purpose. Right. What was their motivation to work with you at such a reduced price from like the comps in the area, um, as opposed to just you know, having a realtor do it? Uh, because it did need a lot of work. And with that kind of work, they couldn't sell it on the open market and get top dollar for it. Right. Okay. So even though some of the realtors said, well, I get you all the money you want and I could list it higher, the reality is they couldn't. Right. Okay. So it's sort of a time and aggravation issue. Right. 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 And it seems to me with a lot of these probate courses, uh, uh, situations, cases, I meant to say, um, it seems to me there would be a lot of people that don't want to deal with the time and aggravation. They've just lost a parent or their last remaining parent or something something like that. It's like that would be kind of a primary motivation in most of those cases. Yeah. It takes time. It takes time to um, accept the loss. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and again, with all these distressed properties, especially when there's a motion attached, whether inside the house or through probate, I think as an individual, you have to have uh, the empathy and understanding. And uh, I invest with people, but don't, and as, as investors, don't have that. They think everybody. 
Now, had they already been told by a realtor or an appraiser, like, you know, the house should be 180 to 200? Yeah, because it's only their, and they should. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, I tell the attorney, I says, hey, I'm getting appraised a lot. I'm getting a, a realtor involved. I said, right. I'm going to change my price because I don't want I got to do to get, get the job done. To get it fixed up and ready yep. to sell and all that good stuff. Yep. So anyway, what do you what do you like about probate as a real estate investing strategy? Uh, not very many people are in it, and you'll get my models always been go where nobody else is. Right, <laughs> right. And that's because it takes time. It takes patience, understanding. You got to learn it. Um, you can find estate sales on the MLS. But you'll never be as successful. And this I go. This was, this was the, this means to me. Right now, in the, in the path we're on, I realize we have to buy our own properties. We have to buy our own packages. And as I tell investors on individual properties, I say you got to source them out yourself. You get better deals that way. You get better management that way, and you have more direction of your own destiny. If you go to the MLS. Expect everybody to look at your offer because you're paying cash. It's not going to happen. Right. Because you depend on the realtor and the market to dictate you what you're going to pay for. You do it yourself, probate, foreclosures, short sales, and even uh, properties that are empty and been empty for a while, knock on their door. Find out who owns it. Control yourself that way. Make that work. What is it that you don't like? about dealing with probate as a real estate investing strategy? Um, I think the, it's, it's the risk and time because there's okay. no snap decisions here. Okay. So like putting so, your heart and soul into it and nothing comes out of it maybe. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 I'm not going to win every one of them. So. Right. So would that be we're having several deals in the fire, you know, at the same time would help uh, lower that risk of putting time out for, you know, no return if they go a different direction? Yes. That's what you right told now, me about flipping last week. So yeah. flip that's, three that's houses a quarter. That, that we're, we're in right now. Our goal is to get closings, two or three closings every single week. And once we start hitting that, that model, then everything we're working on gives us a luxury of time because we're closing every week. Mm-hmm. Not every deal is the last deal or the deal that we got to have because we haven't done a deal that's 30 days or 45 days or 60 days. But now we're closing every week. Now we have a luxury of time and understanding to get each deal through in the way it should be done. Doing, doing it the right way. So. Yeah, doing it right. Good way to put it. Do it the right way. Right. Now, typically when you do um, probate, um, I, you know, I mean, seems seems to me obvious they wouldn't want to take seller financing or land contracts. They want the cash, right? Yes, they do. Okay. And so, so these are pretty much cash sales? Yes, they are. Right. So you got to have cash and or an investor that's, you know, ponying up some cash to make it make it happen. Yes. 
Okay. All right. And there was another question I wanted to ask you. It's like it flew into my brain and then it just flew right back out. So that's that's how it goes, right? So I'll think of it. I'll think of it. So um I you know, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm saying, Okay, oh I know what I wanted to ask. Okay. So they say right now baby boomers are retiring at the rate of ten thousand a day. Wow. That's yeah. Statistic. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. Anyway, I'll double check it, you know, before I put anything like that in your book. So that means on the older end, you know, like right now they say the millennial generation is more people than the baby boomer generation because enough of the baby boomers have now, you know, passed on to that great Beatles concert in the sky, you know, that the millennial generation is now larger, you know, um, that 18 to 34 crowd. So, um, do you feel like with the aging of the baby boomers, probate as an investing strategy is going to be kind of a gradually growing area? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the challenge for me that uh, that retirement age is that the more people retire, the faster they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So... And I'm not trying to wish anybody ill will here, but that's just uh, the nature of things. Right. Karen, on the way up here, I, I've been on calls all morning, and I go, I'm going to apologize again for being on the call. And she goes, I understand. She goes, once you do this, at the end of the day, when we have a dance tonight because her nephew's getting married. That's where we're heading up to Wisconsin for. Just tell me then you're sorry. She goes, hopefully, in about three or four years when you retire, I go, Karen, I said, I'm not going to retire. I said, my goal is to work until I die. In mine, too. (laughs) Thank God I found something I can do until I'm, who knows how old, right? You know, as long as your brain is functioning and you can drive a car and, you know. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Walk and drive. That's all I need to do. Right. But but you're right. I mean, statistically, there are an awful lot of people who retire and then they go very quickly after that because they don't have that purpose in their life. Yeah. That's why if you're a good dude, don't go until you get older. Just keep on doing it. Right. And right. Well, and that's that's another encouragement to your readers to choose real estate investing because it is something they can stay with for life. And the thing it is, I, I, I told myself this when I was 50. I knew I was going to get back into real estate because I got in real estate when I was young 20s. I knew I was going to get back because they can't fire me. They can't take it away from me. They can't tell me how to do it. They can't tell you you're too old. That's right. Tell you, they can't tell you you can't, and they can't, again, with corporations, as you get older, they will tell you you're getting older and you've got to move on. They're going to force you to retire. Right, right. This right. year, they can't do anything. They can't do that. And the, the, the computer, the technology available, 
as you pointed out, probate will be a wants to understand, take the time to learn it. Right. I don't see it as something that, like, you know, the chapter that I just sent you on notes. It's like it's something that, you know, you had said to me on the audio, it's like going to be really, really hot for a couple of years because the banks have all these properties and they don't want to foreclose on them because the government doesn't want them to and everything. But something like this has to do with the mortality curve, you know, right? So, and personally, I think that's a really gradual thing because you've got baby boomers that, you know, passed away in their 50s or 60s and you've got some that are going to live into their 90s, you know. So, it really, it really kind of follows that curve. But um, I remember taking statistics way back in school, and they said the baby boomers, you think about a snake that eats a mouse, and like there's this lump in the snake's body, and this lump of baby boomers is just kind of like moving back and back and back, you know. Yeah, so, makes anyway. sense. Right. You think about that. So if I look at HOAs, I look at NPNs, I look at REOs, as we start hitting the curve downward, then it makes more sense to jump into uh, probate because that would be the new REO package. Right. And as long as, you, as long as you have the capital and the team that's already finely tuned, you can actually drive more probate around the country and make more money at it. Right. That's a good, and, that's a good shift. You know, I wrote about... Um, the importance of people skills in this chapter in your inbox on notes, but it seems like it's important with every real estate strategy, but never more so than with probate because you're dealing with people who could be kind of emotionally on the edge. Yes, absolutely. And you got to understand, you got to put your, you know, they they always say walk in the, the, the shoes of the other person. And you have to see it through their eyes, not yours. Right. At least for me, anyways. Right. I mean, that's why I've always done business, anyways. And it just more it comes naturally because um, you can never think bad of anyone or try to take advantage of anyone. And the minute you start doing that, the minute you're going to lose. You make sure. that one deal, you're not going to get the second or third deal because people will look out about you as a person. Was there a point in time eight years ago when you were working with this guy, Joe, um, were you, like, kind of focusing on probate for a while or you just happened to have a few that dropped into your lap in between everything else that you were doing? Oh, we focused on it. Okay. We had, at that point in time, uh, this has got 2003, 4, 5. We had Okay, pillars. so before the box. It's longer than eight years ago. Yeah. So we had foreclosures. We had uh, wholesaling, so it kind of went in hand. And then we had probate, and then we also had bankruptcy. Those are the four pillars that we were working exclusively. We right. created models, the documentation, the uh, prospect pool list, who we're going to call, how we're going to call them, and we delved into that. So if, if you look at all the things that are in the book, all the things I teach, I've done every one of them almost exclusively, but I've had people help me with this. Mm-hmm. Now, was he so, kind of bird-dogging for you, like just kind of finding him? I was teaching him. I was teaching him how to do it. And teaching oh, him I see. With it. So he was sort of yeah. an apprentice for you. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool beans. So anyway, that's great. So what else do you want readers to know about probate? I think probate is very rich in what, they ha- what it has to offer. But be patient with it, understand it, and it will pay, yeah. it will pay you dividends. Right. You said it was very lucrative for you. Yes. Good. Good, good. All right. Good. Um, anything else about probate? Any any details or nuances that you want to make sure that get in that chapter? Well, I think the, the, the nuances are you have to understand the legal system when it comes to probate, how they publicize the, in the paper, uh, who the... Uh, understand the states, understand the state attorneys, what their roles are. So you have about three or four different vehicles there uh, that you have to understand. You know, why do things go to probate? How long do they stay in? A lot of times you get posted for a year. You know, who the uh, executor is, what's their mentality. Uh, sometimes it's the most stable person in the family that becomes the executor. That's right. The, executor. the other thing right. is the attorneys. Some attorneys are better than others. Some attorneys are more specialized, which they should be. And then understand mm-hmm. the probate clerk. That's an individual mm-hmm. that has responsibility to assist in liquidating properties or property, personal or real. Mm-hmm. And, how, and it's, again, it's just a good understanding of a discipline that um, has a lot of fruit to offer. And then the back end, you got to have cash. So always raise money. It's always a cash purchase. It always is. It's like okay. these bulk REO things we're doing right now. Um, the amount of money out there is unbelievable, but even for us. <laughs> you say that almost every week. <laughs> because it's always scary to me. Everybody says, well, I get a billion dollars. They talk like, like I get two nickels. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, just, we have to re-raise our own money, and now we're doing our own deals, which... Uh, will help us grow faster. So what I'm doing for myself, my students, because I'm going so deep and work with Fanny and some of the other ones out there, I'm actually bringing in properties. I said, look, i got three properties here in Illinois. I can pull them out of this pool. We'll be bought. But you're gonna, this is what you're going to pay for them. They go, good, I can do that. Because they can't find any property. Hmm. So I'm going to be, I'm going to do it for them. I'm not give it to them, of course, but we'll, we'll get the properties that are available for them. So, okay, so that leads me to my next question. Anything happening with your students? Sounds like you're kind of spoon-feeding some properties to them. Yes, because they're out there doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they cannot get a deal done. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, they're doing what I ask as far as making offers, work with the broker, work through the MLS, try to find their own properties. And they're not running into that success because they're not that much inventory out there right now. Because you've right. got guys like us scooping it up and in bulk. Right, right. So it's kind of thin right now. Yes. So Well, that's got to make them feel good. It's like even if they get it from you and they're paying a piece of it to you, at least they're, you know, moving forward and becoming, you know, true investors. Yes. I will my my commitment to them was to get them a deal. Right. And whatever that looked like. Because they gotta make money. 
And if they make money, then they're going to do well, and they'll tell other people they're doing well. Unfortunately, right. you know, I'm not I don't to pull the trigger. I'm going to move it down to Florida, hopefully another four or five weeks, and then I'm going to re- reinvigorate it down there. And, okay. Um, are you going to move down to Florida, or are you just? I am. You are? Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I can say that about uh, maybe a month ago or so. My son's going to move down there, too. Okay. Good, good. So um, let's see, closing thoughts on probate. Uh, closing thought is um, it's a great discipline. It's very lucrative, and just stay with it. Learn it and learn it well. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. Okay. Well, I, I think that's going to make a good chapter, you know. And I appreciate you telling me the stories. It's like the story you gave me of how you did your first note, you'll see that's how I opened the chapter, you know. So um, anyway, we'll see. I might I might do that this time too, you know. Okay. Um, good, good, good. Okay, so you are on your way to Wisconsin, and you probably crossed the state line already, you know. Yeah, already. Yeah, we're in Wisconsin someplace. Yeah, that that usually comes up pretty fast once you get out of, you know, get out of the city. And when do you come back from your trip? Actually, uh, we'll be back uh, next, um, heading back on Saturday. So next week's call is still good because uh, I'll be probably planted. And they have Wi-Fi and everything else there, so I'll have plenty of space. Oh, awesome, awesome. Okay. All right, so we'll just, you know, stay with our regular schedule. So. Okay, I appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right, well, listen, enjoy the wedding. You know, nice to hear Karen's voice a little bit there. And, um, you know, just just really, here's the deal, Ray, really make an effort to relax. <laughs> That's what she said. I go, I'm so deep in this uh, process we're in right now. I know. Um, and then she goes, you got to relax. I go, I don't know how to do that. It's been a while since I've done it. Yeah, it he might goes, take you a couple days, but just, you know, so. He goes, go fishing. I go, I never fished before. It's never, it's never a part of me, but I'll try it. To me, there's something about just standing out and looking at the water or walking yes. near the water that I find very relaxing, you know. And this this cottage that we're renting is uh, right on the water. Oh, nice. So oh, that would be no nice. Excuses. Yeah, yeah. No okay, excuses. all right. All right, well, I'll talk to you in a week from Wisconsin, and um, all is well. You have a great weekend, and uh, anything comes up, just text me. I'll get back with you. Okay, all right. And and thanks for being persistent, dialing back in when we got you got to a bad cell there. So. Yeah, I should have said because the, the call did hang up. So and Karen goes, I think she's still on. I go, I can't hear her. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, I know when I'm going, Ray, I'm here, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Bye. All right, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.